Growing up, my dad always said, Boy, you keep going in them woods, you're going to turn into a tree. I never really understood what he meant by that. I mean, at 28 years old, I still don't really know what he meant by that. But, uh, now that doesn't really have anything to do with today's video, but we are once again exploring the deep woods sharing allegedly true creepy stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit them via reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Now, without further ado, be sure to slap up that like button, subscribe if you're new, turn on notifications as I upload videos multiple times a week, and get ready for some creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories that are going to freak you out tonight. It might turn you into a tree, boy. Never camp alone. You'll regret it. By Takea. This story takes place last week. Me and my friend decided to go on a camping trip. I decided to bring Chief, my 150-pound Newfoundland dog, before I continue, I just want to say that Chief is not like most Newfies. He was born and lived in the bush for what I believe was the first year of his life and developed good hunting skills during it. I found him caught in my trap lines nine months ago. I'll skip over a bunch of stuff to cut to the chase. We bonded during his recovery very strongly. He is now a strong, healthy farm and guard dog. Anyway, one day me and my friend, we'll call him Jimmy, decided to go on a week-long camping trip in northern Ontario. So, we packed our bags, took a week off work, jumped into my F-150, and headed north. When we reached the woods, we put our packs on. I loaded Chief with his little buggy. I built it so he could pull his weight during the summer and fall camping trips, versus only having a sled in the winter. That carried our tent, sleeping bags, and we started out. We covered five miles by the time we began to set up camp. Once we were set up for the night, I took Chief's harness off so he could wander around, crap, and do his business. When it was time to eat, I gave Chief his food and we ate. Me and Jimmy sat beside each other and were eating our pork. Chief was laying beside the fire, his head on his paws, looking at us. When he suddenly got to his feet and let out the loudest, deepest bark I have ever heard, which was only increased by the echo of the bush. When we turned, we saw some branches shaking and something running away. We decided that it had to be just a raccoon or just some sort of bear cub. Later that night, we were just chatting. Chief had gone off to pee or something of the like, when we heard something coming up to the left of us. I figured it was just Chief, when all of a sudden I saw a flash of black fur to the corner of my eye. Right then and there, Chief barreled between us and the campfire. I turned my head in time to see a man who would have been around 6'1 with a piece of firewood get to his feet, raise it above his head to hit him, but before he could land a blow, Chief jumped up and landed dead square in his chest, pushing him to the ground. When he landed, before the man could grab Chief, he had bitten his forearm. I don't mean like a nip like your puppy does to be mouthy, but an actual bite like whatever he was doing, it was intentional and he wanted to hurt him. It's like if a coyote attacked you, you know? By the time the man realized he was even bitten, Chief was already off. This man whirled around onto his feet, on his hands and knees, and began running back to the wood. He tried to take it, to try to smack Chief, but he was being stared down by the wrinkled and snarled muzzle of Chief. 
He was standing over the wood growling like a freaking full-grown hyena. I ran over to hold on the chief and Jimmy helped the man to his feet. We searched him and found stuff that made us realize he didn't come for the marshmallows. We sent him on his way and I told him that if he bothered us again, Sheep would not miss a second time. The rest of the trip went as planned and now Chief is laying at my feet beside the wood stove in my shed. He's a good boy and I don't think we could have done that without him. Shadow Man in the Woods by Chris B. A couple of years ago, during July, I was spending time with my best friend. We lived in a suburban neighborhood that was built over forest land. Some of the woods were kept in the backyards for private land. My friend and I were going into these woods because we had grown bored. We walked over to the backyard and we started to walk up a hill. When we arrived at the top, we were standing in front of some bushes, about up to our waist. The woods were just behind these bushes. This was around noon, and it was a hot day with no breeze at all. We started to walk past the bushes when they started to rustle violently. This caused us to jump back, nearly sending me tumbling down the hill. My friend was so scared that he began running back down the hill in sheer terror. I looked back at him and taunted him for being a scaredy cat. I told him that it could have even been a squirrel or something of that nature. I mean, rustling bushes don't necessarily mean it's a monster, right? Especially during the day. I wasn't expecting anything else. After I told him, he was still standing there for about two seconds and ran home. I laughed a little inside. I turned around back to the bushes, and that's when I saw it. Now, to be honest, I did only see it for a split second. It was taller than I, and it was definitely pitch black, if I had to explain a color. It was staring me right in the face. It looked like a man's shadow. I knew it wasn't mine because I had frozen up with fear, and this one had what seemed to be a hat. It then ran away to my left before disappearing right before my eyes. I started feeling a cold sensation and began running down to my friend's house and told him everything. I ask you all, what was that thing I saw? I've never seen it again, but I can never forget that moment. If anyone can shed some light, I would be very thankful. The Phantom Hiker by Anonymous My friends and I used to go hiking and camping every spring and summer in an area known as the Bacon Woods. We had a number of odd events happen over the years there. The particular time I want to share happened about June of 88. Dave and I had gone out for a day hike. We decided to hike up to our usual campsite and see what if any fixing up in the fire pit needed to be done. We had brought Doug, Dave's large mixed-breed dog, with us. We parked at Mill Hollow, Metro Parks, situated north of the Bacon Woods, and we were soon briskly walking down a trail running parallel to the Vermilion River. It was beautiful, and it was a warm early summer day. Around noon, we'd reached a large clearing about 15 feet or so across, midway to our destination, so we decided to take a break for lunch. We built a small fire and soon had water heating for coffee to wash down our sandwiches. We fed Doug, who stretched out for a nap after his meal. After eating, Dave and I were sitting on logs, finishing our coffee and having cigarettes, when Doug suddenly rolled over and sat up, staring down the path in the direction we had come from. I looked down the path and through the brush and branches I could see a man, 
headed our way. He appeared to be tall, a bit taller than Dave, who is at least six foot two, dressed in wood camo from his hat to his trousers. I didn't think anything of it as we often ran into people out for a hike, just like us for fishing. The figure got to the edge of the clearing and then, right in front of my eyes, just vanished. We both jumped up and went over to the edge of the clearing looking for the fellow who seemed to have just disappeared. Doug, meanwhile, sat there as if bored by it all. We never saw the man or whatever that was again, and I have no idea what I saw that day. Haunted Mountain Experience by Anonymous I often hang out with a friend who was my roommate in college. I've written about our experiences at college before, but this time I want to tell you about a mountain we went to sometimes. His uncle owns an entire mountain in the Caskills, and it's beautiful. We often go hunting there, there's lots of land, but that area is awash with paranormal activity. And this mountain is no different. I've had two separate experiences, but one is scarier than the other. The first one was during deer season. My friend put me in a tree stand that overlooked the open areas of the mountains and we could see all the barns in the house. I was up there for probably the better part of an hour and hadn't seen anything so I was scrolling through Facebook on my phone. And then I heard something strange. I look up and I see some movement in a distant field maybe about 400 yards away and what sounded like drums. I raised my gun and looked through the scope. It was eight or nine people dancing together in a circle. Mostly males, I think. Many of them shirtless. I got on my radio and talked to my friend who was down in the woods about 300 yards in the opposite direction and described to him the situation. I also asked how many people were home and he said there was nobody else there at the time. I watched for another five minutes before the drum beats faded and the people disappeared one by one. My friend said it was likely Native American spirits practicing their ancient rituals. The second incident was when we were just walking up the hill. We came to an opening. It was an old overgrown field, not very large, and there were a couple of old rusty cars laying around. We got to a small knoll, maybe about 75 yards away from us, and there was also an old well there. The kind that's like circular where you had to drop a bucket down into it. It was broken down and very old, but not in too bad of shape overall all things considered. What happened next left us paralyzed and gave me, and maybe him, several sleepless nights. A man suddenly came climbing up out of the well, old style clothes and a beard. When he got up, he stopped and looked all around, and despite us being right there, he didn't seem to notice us at all. He ran into the woods and disappeared. Apparently, historically, some unsavory characters used to dispose of bodies down that well. I don't know if it was a full-bodied apparition of a victim or something more sinister. Backwoods Virginia is no joke by Jackson T. The crisp autumn air tickled my face as I ventured deeper into the vast wilderness of the backwoods in Virginia. I had always found solace in the solitude of nature, but this solo hiking trip was my escape from the chaos of the city. Little did I know that this journey would turn sinister, plunging me into a nightmarish world I could have never imagined. 
As I trekked along the narrow, winding trail, a sense of unease settled over me. It started as a subtle tingling in the back of my neck, a fleeting whisper of a presence lurking just beyond my line of sight. I shrugged it off as my mind playing tricks on me, dismissing it as a byproduct of the eerie atmosphere of the forest. The feeling, it persisted, growing stronger with each passing step. Seeing eyes were watching my every move, studying my vulnerability. A shiver racing down my spine and I couldn't shake the creeping sensation that I was being stalked. I stopped in my tracks, my heart pounding, and glanced around expecting to glimpse my pursuer. However, the forest remained eerily still, not a single leaf rustling and no sign of movement. I reasoned that it must have been my overactive imagination, fueled by my stories that I have heard a million times on the internet. I had also heard local folklore about these woods, but I figured these were mere figments of my subconscious. Determined to shake off my unfounded fears, I continued my hike, quickening my pace and the distance between myself and whatever oppressive presence was following me. But the relentless feeling of being hunted clung to me like a suffocating shadow. With each passing minute, I intensified. This drove me to the edge of paranoia. I decided to take a break and gather my composure. I found a fallen log near a trickling stream and sat down, trying to catch my breath any way I could. The forest silence weighed heavily upon me, broken only by the faint rustling of leaves and the distant hoot of an owl. I scanned the surroundings, my eyes darting from tree to tree expecting to see the lurking figure but nothing ever revealed itself. Suddenly, I caught a glimpse of movement out of the corner of my eye, a fleeting shadow darting between the trees. My heart skipped a beat as I leapt to my feet, adrenaline surging through my veins. I called out, my voice trembling. Is someone there? Silence greeted my words, mocking my unease. I convinced myself that it was just a woodland creature scurrying away, nothing more nothing less. Yet my trepidation, it persisted, urging me to investigate further. With a deep breath, I ventured off the trail, pushing through the underbrush towards where I had seen the shadowy figure. The forest grew denser, its embrace growing tighter as if it was a warning for me to turn back. But for some weird reason, almost like I was possessed, I pressed on, my curiosity fueled by the fear and determination I felt. Minutes turned into hours as I trudged more profoundly into the wilderness. The foliage grew thicker, casting elongated shadows that danced around me. The oppressive silence was broken only by the rhythmic thump of my heartbeat. My senses were on high alert, every rustle of the leaves and distant crack of branches echoing like an alarm in my mind. Then, as if emerging from a twisted nightmare, I stumbled upon a clearing, a macabre tableau frozen in time. The ground was littered with decaying carcasses, the rotting flesh picked clean by scavengers. The stench of death filled the air, suffocating and repulsive. My stomach turned, threatening to unleash its contents. I cast in horror, recoiling as I recognized and realized the gruesome truth. These were not remains of animals. They were human. 
A wave of nausea crashed over me, and bile rose in my throat. The magnitude of the horror before me was incomprehensible. How could this be? How, who could have done such a thing? A noise behind me shattered the silence, wrenching me from my shock-induced stupor. I spun around, my heart pounding in my ears, only to come face to face with the source of my terror. It stood there, towering over me, a monstrous figure covered in tattered rags, its grotesque face hidden beneath a mask of stitched-together flesh. Fear paralyzed my every muscle as I found myself trapped in its gaze. It had lifeless eyes. Its mouth was opened, emitting an otherworldly hiss that seemed to penetrate my very soul. My mind reeled, unable to comprehend the nightmarish entity before me. With an unholy speed, the creature lunged towards me, its jagged claws reaching out to tear me apart. At that moment, pure instinct took over and I sprinted away, my legs pumping with desperate adrenaline. The forest became a blur of shapes and colors as I raced through the undergrowth, desperate to escape the clutches of this abomination. My heart pounded in my chest, my breath coming in ragged gasps as I sprinted back toward the trail. The creature's blood-curdling screams echoed behind me, growing more distant with every step. I dared not to stop, I dared not to look back, afraid its horrifying visage would haunt my dreams forever. Finally, I burst out onto the trail, gasping for air my body drenched in sweat. I stumbled forward, propelled by sheer willpower, until I reached the safety of my car. With trembling hands, I fumbled for the keys, slammed the door shut, locking myself in with the sanctuary of the vehicle. I peered through the windshield, scanning the tree line, half expecting the creature to emerge from the shadows at any given moment, but it remained hidden within the forest depths, its malice lurking in the darkness. As I drove away, my mind was a whirlwind of terror and disbelief. I knew the horrors I had witnessed would forever haunt me. Virginia's backwoods held ancient and evil secrets that were better left undisturbed. And as long as that creature roamed freely, I could never be sure it wouldn't find me again, lurking in the shadows, waiting to claim its next victim. A Cold Day in Louisiana by... Anonymous. Here's a story that occurred to me about four years ago. It was an abnormally cold day. Sure, it can get cold in the late parts of the year, but usually in Louisiana, it doesn't get that cold. Maybe around the high 50s, maybe 60s, but on that day, it was in the low 20s. The carbon dioxide was like a cigarette smoke that came from my mouth as I sighed. I had two layers of coats on, very heavy coats, plus a bunch of other stuff to keep me warm. It was a long day at school, and I was ready to get out of there. The school is surrounded by somewhat dense forest. I always look in the tree line as I walk home from school, because I just feel like I'm not alone and I'm being watched. As school ended, I eagerly barked out of the gate and started walking home. My house is a good 30, maybe 40 minutes away. I walked down the same path through the woods as I always did, when suddenly I heard a scream, or more like a screech, that echoed in the forest. It has probably been 20 minutes since I began my walk through the woods, and it's already getting dark. I then begin to smell the stench of something rotten. 
That is when I almost trip on something. I looked down and almost puked. There, in front of me, were the horrifically mangled remains of a man who had gone missing a few days prior. I froze and moved only my eyes spastically left to right. Nothing. Suddenly, the, the, the same screech echoed in the woods, but this time closer than before. I froze again. Then I heard the spine-chilling crunch of leaves and sticks not too far away from where I was. Then, from out of nowhere, the temperature suddenly spiked. It went from freezing to what felt like summer weather, meaning that it gets to almost 110 degrees out of nowhere. By now, I was scared out of my mind. I started fast walking when something felt like it was watching me. I swerved around, and with the dying light, I saw it. It was fast. So fast that I only caught the sheer size of whatever it was. It was at least eight feet tall. I screamed unintentionally and ran. Then, I tripped on the roots of a tree that were probably three-fourths of the way through the forest, which ended up absolutely murdering my right leg. Then, I saw those eyes. It was pitch black and the temperature was so dang hot. But, I know what I was looking at. It was a set of eyes at least 15 feet away just staring at me. They were glowing yellow with jet black viper pupils. I slowly reached in my back pocket, not leaving the vision of those eyes. My fingers met my phone and I pulled it out gingerly. I turned the flashlight on and I still have nightmares about it to this day. In the few seconds I had, I screamed the absolute crap out of my lungs at that sight. The beast was dark crimson in color almost like blood. Its sternum protruded from its chest with a point. It had long, black hair with two curved crimson horns. It had two pairs of blood-red wings. The upper ones were massive while the lower ones were shorter and thinner. A long crimson tail flipped in the air as well. Instead of fingers, it had what I can describe more like clawed talons. But what the most horrifying thing about this creature was was its unholy grin. That darn grin was stretching to its ears and its teeth were huge. It, uh, like, th these teeth, if I had to guess, were at least an, a foot long or so. They were like kitchen knives. Before I could even take a picture, it ran off with such speed that it pulled air away. And I started limping away, not noticing that the bone in my leg was literally protruding through my skin. Then I fell, looked up, and there it was. It grabbed me and hoisted me in the air. It had me face to face. It snorted in my face. It reeked of decay. It was the most disgusting thing I think I've ever smelled in my life. I was 13 at the time, and I was a major wuss, some would say. I cried. I sobbed, and my face went to tears. It is at that point the creature, maybe feeling sympathetic, cocked its head and put a finger to my mouth. It was burning hot and felt like stone. Then, everything went black. When I came to, I was at my front door, confused. I looked around and saw very clearly the same glowing eyes at me from bushes in the garden. But as soon as I saw them, they vanished. I then looked down at my leg to see that it was back to normal. But I turned my leg over to see something, or someone carved a huge symbol into my knee. I don't know what it was I saw, but I started writing short stories about it ever since.
Someone is in the woods by not the real John Cena. This story was recently unlocked in my memory within the last week or so, and I think I forced myself to forget it because it was so damn creepy. Flashback to around the year 2010. I was 9 or 10 years old, and it was a lovely summer evening in the Midwest. My buddy, who I'll call Chase for this story, invited me and two other friends in the neighborhood for a sleepover. As I said, we were at an age where adult supervision started slipping, and Chase's house was an excellent spot for unsupervised shenanigans. A relatively older couple adopted Chase. I remember his parents being in their late 50s while most of ours were in their 30s or early 40s. His father was paralyzed from the legs down while serving in the Gulf War and required caretakers. His mom was some business executive who wasn't in town too much. In addition, Chase's only sibling was much older and had already moved out for college by this time. So whenever we were hanging out there, there was rarely many eyes on us. We never did anything wrong, mind you, but typical stuff you'd imagine kids at the time would do. Shooting airsoft guns, putting all kinds of crazy seasonings and instant ramen, staying up late playing M-rated games, and all that good stuff. Chase's house was also by far the most prominent in the neighborhood sitting on top of a hill with a gate, a long driveway, and a huge yard that surrounded the perimeter of the house that backed into a wooded area that eventually led into a state forest. This particular night, Chase thinks it would be a good idea to set up a tent in the woods and camp out for the night. While I don't think we were jumping out of our skins to do this, we all did comply on the condition that we stayed at the edge of the woods to use the bathroom and get snacks quickly from the house. We set the tent up, laid our sleeping bags, grabbed as much junk food as possible, and hung out in the tent for the night. We goofed around for a few hours, even after the sun sets until the sugar high dies off and the unhealthy food settles in, and we one by one fall asleep. I was usually the first to crash at sleepovers, and tonight was no different. However, this sleep was brief. I got woken up by someone shaking me out of the pitch black. As my eyes adjust, my friend's concerned face comes into focus. Before I can chew him out for waking me up, he whispers, Hey, hey, do you hear that? I sat up carefully until I heard the noise he was talking about, noticing another one of my friends was also awake. It was a whistle. Somebody out in the woods was whistling. Each whistle was drawn out and breathy, followed by another equally drawn out note. Even writing about this now still gives me goosebumps. From the sounds of it, it wasn't that close, but not that far either. I'm sure my expression turned to horror as my friends woke the last friend up. We all sat in silence and listened for a minute, trying to determine the direction of the whistling. It could have been coming from the house. Maybe one of Chase's dad's caretakers decided to stay the night, but this didn't usually happen. It's not something that ever happened, actually. It didn't take us very long to realize that the whistling was coming from within the woods, and it certainly was not coming from the house. But it was getting closer to us. With that... We were out of there. We took 15 seconds or less to get our shoes on and sprint to the front porch. We left everything in there. Our snacks, pillows, sleeping bags, DSs, we didn't dare to go back. Under the light of this heavily illuminated driveway, it's like a mini parking lot. We all gained a newfound confidence. At this time, we convinced ourselves we weren't scared, so we got our airsoft guns from the garage and started to basically sit behind the trash and started taking shots into the woods trying to intimidate or attack whoever was out there. 
As we were yelling like a bunch of idiots, we couldn't hear anything. But at this point, we, we cooled down. We listened intently and didn't hear anything more. Knowing that we were satisfied and went to sleep on his living room floor after this after playing a little bit of Xbox, that experience was creepy and lasting. But what was most terrifying was what happened the following day. We all woke up and started talking about how creepy everything that had happened last night was and under the light of day made the walk down to our tent. As we got closer, we noticed something looked off about the tent. It had been completely thrashed. The rain tarp that had primarily been, you know, tied to everything else was yanked off. It looked like one of the corners had caved in like someone broke it. And the poles looked like they were bent in half in several places. Yeah, we had left in a hurry, but I find it hard to believe that four ten-year-olds could do this amount of damage by just running out of the tent. Making our way over to the front of the tent, my face dropped when we saw an extent of all the carnage. Everything inside was trashed. Our snacks had been dumped out and seemingly stomped on. Several of the sleeping bags and pillows were thrown into the woods and cut open. Chase's DS had been snapped in half, and worst of all, one of the sides of the tent had slits all along the side of it as if some psycho had a stabbing frenzy. All of us shockingly said little. Despite all of the bravados we had boasting about how we were not scared and we were going to beat up whatever was in the woods the previous night, the four of us packed up the tent, gathered the stuff we could, and brought it back to the house. Chase's family probably never would have used that tent again anyways, and I'm sure he just convinced his family to buy them a new one since they were more well-off than most of us. After this sleepover, we all naturally separated as friends. It was at the end of summer of 5th grade. Chase went to a private middle school and the rest of us went to a public one, where we were then separated into different cliques. I never thought about this incident again until I ran into one of my other friends there recently when I was back in my hometown visiting family. After catching up, we exchanged numbers, and lately, after seeing a Reddit thread about submitting your own scary stories to a channel called Swamp Dweller, I really had all these memories rushing back to me. I decided that I wanted to share this story, because no matter how many times I think about it, something still just feels off. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to elbow that like button so it truly feels it. Be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications if you're new, it helps the swamp grow its ever-expanding waters. I also upload almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would absolutely be thrilled to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free to do so and always will be. If you made it all the way to the end, be sure to comment the code word Jumping Tent. I would love to see how many of you make it to the end. The funniest comment will get pinned at the top per usual. I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.